I'm Lisa Larson. I'm an expert in leadership development, and after having had the good fortune to work with the GCSP on several of their inspiring women leaders programs, in 2020, I was invited to join them as Fellow of Women, Peace and Security thanks to the sponsorship of the U.S. Mission to the United Nations in Geneva. 2020 coincided with the 20th anniversary of the landmark UN Security Council Resolution 1325, which laid out the Women, Peace and Security agenda. I wanted to get the perspectives of different people on how they view the current state of women, peace and security. And since we were unfortunately all stuck at home, we called the resulting four-part podcast series, Tea at 1325. I'm grateful for the positive response we've received about the podcast. And now I'd like to offer a bonus episode. I asked each of the people I interviewed what advice they would give to a young person just starting their career in the field of peace and security, and I shared it with an inspiring young woman to get her reactions. I hope you enjoy the conversation. I'd like to welcome Heather McDonald. Heather, would you mind introducing yourself a little bit about what you do? Yeah, so I just recently completed my international master degree in security intelligence and strategic studies, looking at male supremacy and gender-based terrorism. And now I've just finished up being a young fellow for the Geneva Centre for Security Policy, Inclusion and Gender and Inclusion Department. And now I'm working as a consultant for the International Gender Champions. Wonderful, wonderful. You're at the very beginning now of your career. What kind of aspirations do you have? What would, what would you like, what kind of impact would you like to have? Well, one thing I would really like to change the narrative around is looking at things to do with masculinity. I think often when we look at gender, we assume that these are women's issues and that women must respond and that women are the sole people involved. And I think men have a massive role to play. And I think better understanding men's relationships with gender, better understanding how we can work towards, you know, gender progress for all genders that's something that I think I really like to work towards. Okay. And as you start your career, okay, we're in the middle of a pandemic, but <laughs> apart <laughs> from that, <laughs> is, what do you find to be the biggest challenges to get going? Well, I think one of the big challenges I find is, aside from the pandemic, is obviously narrowing down and working out what it is I want to do and how I want to do it and how to get there. I think as well, experience is hard to try and come by. You know, if you've not got as much experience as other people, you're looking at entry jobs with three years of minimum experience when it's supposed to be an entry. That can be confusing. That can be difficult. But I think it's just maintaining that positivity and that determination and not letting it waver. That's one yeah. of the biggest challenges so far. Especially when you're stuck at home. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, well, let's, uh, if you uh, are ready, let's uh, listen to some of the experts that... Uh, have bits of advice for young people starting a, a career in the field of peace and security. First up, our own Fleur Hayworth, head of the Peace and Inclusive Security Cluster at the Geneva Center for Security Policy. My advice for young people entering the field of peace and security is First of all, to really explore different areas that may be hidden from sight, that there's many different factors affect our security. So you can be influencing change in peace and security in lots of different ways. Um, 
both in formal institutions and in civil society. Um, and when we think of what does security actually mean, um, there's so many different interpretations of that. So really figure out what it means to you. Is it, um, is it actually in relation to climate justice, which is gonna be one of the biggest challenges that's gonna impact our security? Is it in relation to um, poverty, child welfare, some of those big human, human security challenges? Um, and even in relation to health, there's so many different factors that actually impact on our security now that um, really think about what it means to you and what drives you, what motivates you the most. And then the second piece of advice I give to all young people is really think about where your skill sets lie um, and what environment you want to work in. Because what we need is people to be able to contribute their talent to their fullest ability. So get to know your own strengths and where you can really add value for things. And I think that's where you'll get the most satisfaction um, is when you feel that you're contributing. And certainly how I feel. What I think is really valuable about Fleur's advice is thinking about what security means to us. You know, I am a straight white woman and I think sometimes what security is for me is not what it is for other women. And sometimes... I like to look at or engage with other people that aren't like me. They don't have the same physical appearances as me, the same background as me, and understand what security means to them. Because so often you can just understand it as how it is around you. You don't see beyond the world that you're in. And I come from Scotland and we're quite okay for security. You know, we have the normal levels of violence or issues that other countries have, but we don't have anything that's like an overwhelming big issue. And so I think sometimes it's it's difficult to imagine these other circumstances where insecurity is a problem and I really really thought it was a valuable point of understanding because there's no point in me coming in and trying to give all this advice on you know peace and conflict when I myself have never fully experienced peace and conflict and it's not something I've researched extensively so understanding what security means to me and I think her second piece of advice about thinking where you fit in is also quite related to the first one my abilities are I enjoy writing, I enjoy researching, all these kinds of things. So I'm more suited for sitting in an office and researching and analysing and looking at this work. I'm no use to anyone running through a field trying to help someone. And I think that's really important. You know, you might have all these big dreams and aspirations. You might not be able to do them. So it's about working out how you can do it and being practical about it whilst also not straying too far from the end goal. Next, Lieutenant Colonel Serge Strubans was with the Institute for Economics and Peace as the Director of Europe, the Middle East, and North Africa, and not surprisingly, is a big fan of good data, just like you, Heather. Well, I would say perse perseverance and step-by-step -step evolution in different function and evolution in the career, making sure that they can always sit in a position in which they can influence, influence the process, influence the minds, and also influencing the levels of peace. Uh, do not forget that uh, uh, to stuff your career, long life learning is, uh, is really necessary. You need to keep at the highest level of knowledge concerning uh, what you are, the matter you are dealing with. And in this case, it would be uh, peace is, uh, and uh, security. Uh, and there again, maybe I could quote again John F. Kennedy and says that every accomplishment starts with a decision to try. So always decide to try and then you will get to your accomplishment. So never let anyone uh, 
I would say, take away your drive, take away the courage to start a career or to continue a career in, uh, in peace and security and uh, never let anyone stop you from trying achieving peace. That would be my advice. Well, I think his advice was very emotional, actually, because one thing that I, I do worry about is like losing the motivation or losing you know, that drive that you have, because as a young person, I start off with all these, you know, ambitious ideas of things that I want to do. And I'm still that person that when they were younger had written on their wall that was like, I will be the UN Secretary General one day and <laughs> still telling myself that I'll be the first female one. Um, and so it's, it's just trying to not lose that spark and not lose that hope. I think, especially when you're set, spending so long writing these job applications, I think something that I've had to learn throughout my entire academic and professional career is that the change isn't going to just come instantly right like I'm not going to just walk into the job and suddenly fix everything <laughs> it's okay to start at the bottom and work your way up and I think what he said was good about maintaining learning and maintaining a keen interest that's so important you know our world constantly changes and constantly evolves and keeping on top of that and making sure that we're changing and learning with the times is so it's an invaluable resource to do so I liked his advice. It was good. <laughs> now we have Maria Butler, the Global Program Director for the Women's International League for Peace and Freedom, which is the oldest women's peace organization in the world. My advice is to invoke curiosity. And as Cynthia Enlow, an author on peace and security, has called it, feminist curiosity and this means asking questions and also looking at who's visible who's invisible who's making decisions who's making the rules and looking at power within our own lives and within the systems of the world we work um, and particularly looking at where men and women are within those power structures. My advice is to be curious, act curious, and continue the journey. I really enjoyed her advice because I remember back when I was doing my undergrad, one of my professors, Claire Duncanson, she's like a feminist author and researcher, and she told us, she was like, whenever you read something, think about who the author is. And it changed the way that I looked at things because it is, it's like looking at the privilege and looking at the power. And that's exactly what Maria said. And I found it so funny that she mentioned Cynthia Enloe because that's someone, I mean, her book's definitely behind me somewhere, but I read her work years ago and always thought it was incredible. And, and you know, there's kind of feminist saying where it's, you cannot be what you cannot see. And that's always kind of stuck with me. If you're looking at these jobs and you're looking at these roles, even if you're just looking at the world around you and you cannot see yourself in these positions, it's so difficult to be the person to change that. And I think for young people, especially ones that maybe don't have equal representation in sociopolitical, cultural, you know, positions, it's hard to just imagine yourself walking in and being like, okay, I'm going to take it. And every so often we get someone that's a pioneer, someone that's brave enough to do it. But just because you're not brave enough to do it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with it. It just means that you need to take smaller steps towards changing the power hold. I really, I really, really liked her advice. It was, it was motivating. <laughs> And last, but definitely not least, here's advice from Nadine Pushkirbel, who, among other impressive achievements, has over 20 years experience as a senior gender advisor and practitioner at the United Nations and the International Red Cross and Red Crescent. Hey, 
I've seen sometimes um, young people arrive, uh, you know, in this field and it's like, oh, the UN, it's, it's great. And then they get so burned out because mm. it's, you know, they have this rosy picture of the UN, but the reality is really harsh. And especially these days, um, it's, very, it's a very difficult field. So especially when you, you if you want to work on women, peace and security, um, it's not like a, a very popular topic unless you work, of course, um, with advocacy organization, grassroots organization. But if you want to join a patriarchal organization like uh, international uh, NGOs or the, or the Red Cross or the UN, you need to be equipped. So what I would advise young people is really um, to read Cynthia and Lo. I mean, she, she's my mentor and, and she's... Um, She's a wonderful teacher. So I would say just get equipped to have your gender lenses together with a feminist critical approach. And when I was teaching um, in Costa Rica, I remember that some students, was, there was, it was just for them a super, you know, big eye opener. That's the advice, especially today. Get equipped really, really with um, a feminist uh, uh, critical mind deconstruct gender, read Cynthia and Lowe, and then go to the field and apply what you learned, but be extremely careful about the first signs of burnout. Dear favorite author. <laughs> I know, Cynthia and Lowe, she just keeps coming back, doesn't she? Um, anyway, apart from Cynthia, I think that was some really useful advice in terms of watching out for burnout and having these aspirations because my generation, we've grown up with technology and our lives are immersed in it, especially social media. And I think it's really, really difficult with as much as I love LinkedIn or even Instagram or Facebook, it's difficult going on and, you know, you're not me, but like you might be, for example, stuck in an admin role where you're maybe not achieving the dreams that you want or you're doing something monotonous and you go online and you see that all these people that you know are all over the globe and they're achieving all these great things. And I think that's really, really important for people my age is to just kind of take a step back and think, right, okay, we're not exactly where we want to be now, but that's okay. You don't have to be the top dog all the time. I also think her advice on having a feminist approach and a critical feminist lens is super, super important. A lot of the time with gender, it's construed as a women's issue for women's issues. You know, like we should care about these specific things because they impact women. And throughout my academic career and professional career, I've been trying to focus on applying these gender lenses in different places. So my master's degree, I focused on security and technology. And it was really interesting being able to look at the world of AI and algorithms and think, well, what about from a gender perspective? It's so much more valuable. It's, you know, it's about expanding outside your bubble. And that's something that I've had to learn myself. All of my friends are great, but they're all really similar to me. And so I find it shocking sometimes when I hear someone say something or think something different, where I'm like, wait a minute, what? Because you get so used to this little bubble that you're in where everybody you know is progressive. And then you bump into someone and they say, you know, something completely different and it's shocking. And so I think taking that critical feminist lens and this gendered approach and just applying it to lots of different areas is how we actually make steps towards actually achieving that, well, the agenda of women, peace and security. Okay. You know, uh, Heather, I really appreciate you um, taking the time to listen to these bits of advice and respond to them and reflect on them and, and respond. The thing is in the the two groups that are so important uh, for making advances, youth and women, funnily enough, it's like young women are kind of falling out <laughs> of each of the each of the categories. And so um, I'm very happy to have had your reflections and your voice in this uh, mini series of Tea at 1325. 
Thank you so much, Lisa. It's been wonderful hearing all your experiences and just learning from you is amazing. So thank you so much for being involved. Thank you for joining me in this conversation about the state of the Women, Peace and Security Agenda. And thanks as well to my guests for sharing their expertise, wisdom and time. If you're interested in following conversations with experts about the current state of peace and security in the world, please subscribe to us on Apple iTunes or YouTube and follow us on Spotify or SoundCloud. I'm Lisa Larson, and this has been Tea at 1325.